Hey, just a quick note before we jump into the recording for today, I want to let you know, and as you can probably hear from this little announcement, the sound is not as good as you're used to hearing on Yeah That Soccer Show. I'm on vacation. I'm down in Myrtle Beach, so I am just recording on my phone, on my iPhone headphones. So just apologize. Bear with me for this episode and for our next episode. And then next week, we will be back up and running and back to normal. But thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Yeah, that soccer show is proud to be a part of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Go check out all the great coverage of soccer in the Carolinas at soccer, the letter N, sweettea.com. We here at Yeah, That Soccer Show are proud to welcome our newest partner, Brad Butchkowski. Brad is a real estate agent with the Wondercheck Realty Group, and he is here to serve all of your real estate needs in the upstate. Brad is a huge fan of the podcast. He is a founding member of Greenville FC, and he wants to connect with you to help you buying or selling a house, whatever you're looking to do. Um, you can visit his website, brad.selling-greenville.com. Check out the listings he's got there. Um, or you can connect with him online. Uh, he has He's on Instagram and Facebook, uh, Brad Buczkowski, B-U-C-Z-K-O-W-S-K-I. Or you can find him on Twitter. That might be the easiest spot to find him. It's I am Brad B. Brad Buczkowski, the newest partner for Yeah That Soccer Show. We're excited to have him. Hey, tell him you heard about him on the podcast. This is Yeah, That Soccer Show, the completely unofficial podcast that talks all things Greenville FC, NPSL, and so much more. So come on, Greenville, this show is for you, it's about you, and we want this show to be driven by you. So email the show at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com or slide into our DMs over at at YTSSpodcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome in to another episode of Yeah, That Soccer Show. We are going to be on today's show breaking down the 2-1 victory that Greenville FC saw over the Atlanta Silverbacks this past Saturday. And then we're going to preview this Wednesday's matchup against Emerald Force SC on the road in Knoxville. First up, let's get into Saturday's matchup against the Atlanta Silverbacks. Your Greenville FC played in some tumultuous weather, to say the least. Uh, the game was delayed a couple times at the beginning. And, of course, we had the very, very, very long hour-and-a-half delay at halftime that saw us all sitting around waiting, watching a stream, a video of a field, and then a video of a tent trying to wait to see when the game was going to get going back up. But we'll break that down here in a little bit because I think that might have actually played into Greenville's hands a little bit. So during the first half, uh, the Atlanta Silverbacks notched their goal first before Greenville did to take the lead in the sixth minute. Mohamed Kamara got his goal in to the Greenville net, got it past Paul Tyson, Um We've talked about this a little bit, but Greenville has done a great job of not letting adversity affect them. They've done a good job of fighting back from deficits, and this was another example of that this week. 
you went down early to the Silverbacks, but you were able to then uh, come back and and get the victory, get the three points. But that first goal happened very fast. Um, it was, you know, a little unfortunate, but it was a good goal uh, from the Silverbacks. They certainly earned that one. That was not a fluky goal at all. Um, it was just a really good strike by Kamara there to get past our man, Paul the Wall, who, despite that, despite letting that goal in, had a heck of a game again on Saturday. He really is proving to be one of the stalwarts on this team and probably one of the strongest pieces we have. Um, I know everybody is, he has certainly developed into a fan favorite and everybody is very excited for Paul and for everything that he has done. We've, we've enjoyed having the TIFO and having him uh, recognize the, the, the effort and the excitement that the fans have around his play, but he had a heck of a game. Um, but it was it was tough to see the boys go down that early um, and see what they would do to fight back. So after that early goal by the Silverbacks, Greenville played down a goal most of the first half, and it wasn't until the 33rd minute, just about 10 minutes before the break, when Jesus Ibarra crossed a ball into the box, and I think that Regson Watkins got a foot on it to maybe get uh, get credit for the goal, although there has been conflicting reports. The guy on the stream had said Ibarra, and then he said Watkins. The team said Watkins. Um, but then on the NPSL site, Ibarra is listed as the goal scorer. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if Regson got his foot on it or not. Um, it, it seemed like maybe he did. Either way, it, it was an amazing play from both of those guys to link up for that magnificent goal coming in from the left side across to Rexon on the right, caught the keeper, you know, out of position and put the ball in the back of the net. Again, this is something we have talked about with this team that they have had some struggles early in the season to have some finishing capabilities, but this was certainly Certainly a, a step in the right direction with that. Rex in the last two games has really been cementing his place up top as the string puller, as the man who can finish these crosses and these amazing and in both times, man, last week and if he got the if he got the foot the touch on this one, both times was very similar. A cross into the box where he's able to just flick it, change the direction of the ball just enough to to switch it up and confuse the keeper. So that was an amazing thing to go into halftime. Uh, you feel <clears throat> the game at that point is tied at 1-1, but you really feel, watching the first half, aside from the Silverbacks' goal, Greenville really dominated the match. They really looked like the better team in the first half. And if I'm honest, as I'm sitting there in that 90-minute delay, I'm, I'm concerned that this has been the situation we've been in so much this year where it feels like we're the better team, but we can't seem to get over the hill. And waiting 90 minutes, you know, you never know what that's going to do to to players. You go into halftime, you get, you get fired up, you even come out on the field to get ready for the second half, and then they send you back in. Um, and there was a couple different delays. And you're basically starting from scratch. You're basically having to start the game over. You're having to come out and warm up and get refocused. You've had a full game's length worth of time in the locker room, and it's hard to get to get reengaged at that point. So the guys come back out of the locker room finally after the hour and a half. I don't know 
how many folks traveled down to Atlanta? It sounded like on the broadcast they were saying it was a pretty good contingent. I know the team put out a picture with several fans. So if you went out to the game, hey, thanks for doing that. That really means a lot to our team and our players. I know that they feel that support. It didn't look like there was a ton of folks there, even on the Atlanta contingent. Just I don't know if it was weather, probably a combination of weather and the day and just everything else that was going on. But um, big, big round of applause to everybody that showed up for the match in Atlanta. And another shout out to the folks that went to 13 stripes to watch the game. I know there was a very good crew there. Sad. I couldn't make it either place uh, just traveling with the family on vacation. So wasn't able to be there, but um, excited to see that there was still a lot of excitement around this game, despite when it happened. So the guys come out for the second half and again, they kind of pick up right where they left off. They almost look more energized, more reinvigorated. They look ready to play, and they start to dominate and drive the ball into the Atlanta side so often. And then I want to talk about Lawrence White's goal, his game-winning goal. Um, it was really an amazing play. So there was a, a ball went out for the goal kick, and Atlanta had a goal kick. The keeper kicks it over to his left, uh, almost almost 90 degrees, just straight over to a defender out on the left side. The defender then is getting some pressure. We're doing a good job of that, that, uh, that defensive press. We're pressing them, trying to get them to make mistakes. So he kicks it. He, he kind of makes a lazy pass back to the keeper. It's very slow moving, and it's not directly to the to the keeper. In fact, it's in between uh, their keeper and I guess maybe it was Rexon. I don't know. It was one of our guys went to go for that ball and it, they were almost equidistant. They were going to get to the ball about the same time. So the goalie has to make kind of a sliding attempt to get to clear the ball. So he clears it out. It doesn't go very far. It lands um, at the feet of Lawrence Wyke, who kind of he chests it down the keeper's out of position he's able to get back up but Lawrence just I mean rocket laser shoots this ball into the back of the net a beautiful beautiful goal and an exciting goal because really it came off of an Atlanta mistake and I think you can always feel good about your team being able to capitalize on those kind of things you certainly want to be a team that can create chances and Greenville has been that. I mean, we've talked about, we don't, we don't seem to have a trouble creating chances. Sometimes we have a, we seem to have trouble finishing chances, but you also want to be a team that can capitalize on the mistakes that other teams make. And, and that goal in particular in this game is maybe the best example of that, that we've had all season. Uh, it really was, it, it showed that that press that we run is, is valuable and works in those types of situations. And so it was great to, to see that ultimately end in a Greenville goal and the game winning goal at that. So the rest of the match was, uh, fairly uneventful. I mean, it, it was two teams. I think Greenville was content to play more defensively minded and yet they were still pressing, still, still trying to, to notch another one in, but also really focused on keeping Atlanta from tying the game up. And Atlanta had their chances, and they had chances to come back and, and 
split the points there. But um, our boys had a heck of a night. They played tremendously, and it was a it was an exciting win, second ever win in team history. We've had both of them on the road. You know, you'd love to. We'd love to get one at home. We got two more opportunities to do that, and they're against some pretty stiff opponents. Now we're going to play the Jesters, who we already beat this season, but we beat them on the road, and they're a very good team. It's going to be hard to beat them midweek at home next week, and then the the final home game on July fourth, obviously against Asheville City, is going to be difficult because Asheville City is a very good team, and uh, and they've got a good squad. So. We're going to do our best to get three points at home for our fans. I think that will be what the team will be striving for, and we hope to see that as well. This week's man of the match, I always have a a little bit more of a hard time picking a man of the match with away games because watching on the stream is not the best way to consume these games. And it's always harder. You can't see the whole field. You're really at at the whim of whoever's running the camera. So... It's hard to feel as confident about my picks on away matches as it is games that I'm watching in person. Um, but this week, I, I really feel like, from what I saw, I've got to give it to Lawrence White again this week. I know he shared that honor last week with Regson. Uh, I think this week he did enough to earn it on his own. He got the game-winning goal. He had another solid week in the midfield, both in a defensive aspect but also in an offensive mindset this week and really being present on that press and being present in pushing the ball ahead for scoring opportunities so Lawrence Wyke is your man of the match for the Georgia Revolution victory not Georgia Revolution for the Atlanta Silverbacks victory that we had on Saturday Now, we're going to take a quick break, and then once we get back, we'll look ahead to Wednesday night's match against Emerald Force SC up in Knoxville. We've been telling you about Uptown Poor here on the podcast for a while now, and we're super excited they're continuing to support us and everything we're trying to do to help grow soccer in the upstate. But I wanted to tell you a little bit more about Uptown Poor. They're part of of an umbrella organization called the Uptown Company, which is Uptown Poor and Uptown Catering. So they offer these two unique uh, services for you. One, Uptown Poor being a beverage catering company where they can give you bar service for your event or party. And then Uptown Catering where they can, can they can bring food. They can do any of the food items for your party. And so you can use them in tandem together to put on an incredible event. If it's a wedding, if it's an anniversary, if it's some kind of party you're hosting this summer, you need to check out uptown poor and uptown catering and if you have if you're like me you're a visual person you want to see what this kind of stuff looks like i would encourage you to go over to instagram check out the uptown company and you can see pictures of drinks and food that they've done man they had a picture of some cannolis from the artisphere tent that they had and man do they look good they also had some fish tacos and margaritas that looked really good so go check them out on instagram there um, and then you can visit their two sites, uptownpoorco.com or uptowncateringsc.com to check out all the things that they have on offer. Let's move on to discussing Wednesday's match against the Emerald Force SC that will take place at Sampson Sports Complex up in Knoxville, Tennessee, my hometown. The Emerald Force, if you remember when we played them at home a while back, 
This was the match where Dalton Souter got sent off right before halftime for a second yellow card that was mistakenly given to the wrong person. Um, and so we played most, we played the entire second half with a man down. And then towards the end of the match, we had an injury after we'd already used all of our subs. So we played the last several minutes with only nine men and they scored a couple of goals in that time frame. So it was a five to two victory for the Emerald force, but you know, that was one of those just really kind of crazy games and wonky games where, you go a man down at halftime when you really shouldn't have, and then you're you're playing the last several minutes with only nine men. It's just hard to really feel like that was a representative result of the skill level of the two teams. That being said, I want to talk a little bit about Emerald Force overall and how they have looked as they've progressed through the season. They are three eight and zero this season. And they are at the bottom of the table. You know, Greenville has been hovering there at the bottom. But after our win on Saturday, we have actually leaped over Emerald Forest. And we actually, I think we're probably better off than even the team above us. They have played two more games than us and have three more points than we do. So if we get a win here in the next couple games to even it out, um, I think we will we will be into the playoffs in that position. Emerald Force is a team that has uh, really one main goal scorer. His name is Alexander or Alex Garuba. He has scored six goals for them in their 11 matches. Uh, they have a handful of guys that have scored one or two goals. They do have a quite, a, quite a list. Sean Foster, Kyle Hellman has scored two. Juan Zapata, Ruri Alvarez, uh, Daniel Barlow, Kensho Yoshikoshi, and Jorge Hurtado are all goal scorers. That being said, this is all without stats from their first game. So there could be, it could be that some of these guys have scored more than that. I just couldn't, the stats on the NPSL site did not have stats listed for their first game. So I could not run any of that down. In terms of guys to keep an eye on for this match, I think there are some things to note. This team is not afraid to make some hard fouls and to get cards for them. Um, and like I said, I don't have stats from the first game. I, I can say nobody scored a goal for them in the first game. So the goal score counts are correct, but the yellow card and red cards, I don't know. And I've tried to do some research. I've tried to see what I could figure out. Um, but the way I have it, they have several guys all with yellow cards this season. They've had three red cards so far this season, Daniel Barlow, Juan Zapata and Ashley Kel Kellynak have all had red cards so far this season. Josh Denton, Matthew Zakzik, Kyle Hellman, Richie Volney, Justin Sexton, and Ruri Alvarez all have one yellow card. Francisco Rodriguez and Daniel Barlow both have two yellow cards. And then they have three guys sitting on three yellow cards. Alexander Garuba, their big goal scorer, Lucas Altman, and Juan Zapata. Uh, the thing to know about the three yellow cards is once you get four yellow cards, you are suspended for a match. So those guys are all going to be on high alert for this game. And if I can figure out if any of them got a yellow card in that first match, then technically they would be suspended for this match. So I don't know. Their team is supposed to keep up with that. So if they have a guy that one of those three guys got a yellow card in the first match, then 
they would be without them for this matchup. But Alexander Garuba being on three yellow cards, I think is big. He is, like I said, their main goal scorer. He's got way more than anybody else on their team. So for him to to get another pick up a yellow card in this match would be a huge thing. Uh, it obviously wouldn't impact our game with them, but I think it impacts our game in the sense that those guys are going to be on their P's and Q's to try and keep from getting any unnecessary cards in this matchup. But the reason I run those down is, like I said, they have a ton of guys. Let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 guys who have all picked up yellows this year. And then they had an additional guy who got a red card. So 12 total people have been carded for this team. Um, that tells me that they are all very, very aggressive. And I think if you remember the game we played with them, you can see that. They play physical uh, they play an aggressive style, and so I think that this should be maybe a very chippy match on Wednesday. All that being said, I still think that this is a game that Greenville should win. We are better than this team. We were better this team than this team. We played them. We had some unfortunate circumstances. This is the worst team in our in our division, and I don't think that we're the worst team. I don't think that we're the second worst team. I think that we actually have a team that can compete, and we've seen that over the last couple of weeks as we have. Uh, drawn or had victories against some of the better teams in our league. So I think this is a game we should win, even though it's on the road. Um, if I'm going to make a score prediction, I'm going to say 3-0 Greenville. I think this is a game you should go and you should dominate. And, you know, a lot of that's going to come down to how how defensively minded this Emerald Forest team is playing, how physical they're going to get with our guys if this is if there's going to be a lot of starts and stops with fouls and free kicks and cards and whatever else i just think this is going to be a big time big time win for greenville um i'm still i'm still waiting on my frego free kick goal i think it's going to happen um obviously last week he didn't start so that that kind of impacted that as well but i really think that's going to happen before the season's over so i'm just going to keep predicting it every week I'm also going to say that Paul Tyson gets a clean sheet this week. I don't think he's going to let the Emerald Force score a goal on us. They don't have, like like I said, they only have one really proficient goal scorer on their team, and he is going to be playing with the with the cloud of a potential suspension over his head. So I think that that is going to benefit Greenville, and I think we are going to get a big-time victory up in Knoxville this Wednesday. So that'll do it for our preview for the Emerald Force game. But before we check out on that, I just want to make a few notes. One, I've got a really fun interview lined up for later this week with Tim Belkicki from Asheville City's podcast, You're Smarter Than Us. Um, we're going to preview this this first matchup in a new rivalry and, and hopefully a fun rivalry with Asheville City. I hope a lot of you are planning to go up to the game. I know the Milltown operatives are putting together uh, a, a group to carpool and travel up together. There's going to be tons of activities going on with the South Slope Blues, which is the Asheville City Supporters Group. Um, going to be some all-day activities, so I hope you guys can make it up there. I'm going to do my very, very best to be there. I'll be coming back from Myrtle Beach that day, so it's all going to just depend on timing and when I get back home, but my hope is to be there. Hey, and if you can't go up to Asheville City on, well, to Asheville, but Asheville, the Asheville City match on Saturday, Make sure you go over to 13 Stripes to check out the game. They're going to be showing it on the big screen just like they did last Saturday. 
And they're even going to show the Germany-Sweden match uh, beforehand. So you can go over and, and check out all those things. They're going to have a ton going on there. So make sure you check that out. Um, but this is going to be an exciting an exciting week. We've had one victory so far. Let's see if we can get three in seven days. That would be amazing. Um, so we're going to see what happens here moving forward. But thanks for tuning in this week. Again, I want to apologize for the quality of this recording. You're going to get that again later this week as I'm, I'm doing my best to record here on vacation on my phone. So uh, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you guys in a couple days, hopefully celebrating a, a two-in-a-row Greenville victory over Emerald, Emerald Forest, not Emerald City. See you guys.